Hey everybody, welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And today we are going to be talking about the 2013 film starring Mark Ruffalo and Kira Knightley, Begin Again. But before we get into that, welcome back. We took last week off because of the holiday and because uh, life uh, found a way to be crazy and we just, I, I needed a break. So, but we're, we're back. I, um, we were supposed to do Ghostbusters Afterlife last week. Um, I don't think you guys were able to make it to the theaters, right? No. No. Yeah, not traveling. <laughs> that's that's the other reason I we I, I uh, kind of pulled the plug on last week's show. I was like, it's just going to add stress to everyone. Uh, we'll take a break. We're, we're not going to be able to do that one the week it comes out. Um, wanted to ask this before we went live, but I'm going to do it on the show now because it goes with our first topic for tonight. Um, the, Spider-Man No Way Home. Can we all commit to seeing that opening weekend so we can talk about it that following Tuesday? When does it come out for you, you lot? The 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 seventeenth. Uh, My tickets for the sixteenth. I already bought mine. I'm ready to go. I'm going. I'll be able to tell you if I lost the spider bet or not. Yeah. Ryan, I there's will go a with... good chance that might actually work. Okay. If I have to go with you that Monday to see it in ScreenX, I will, and you won't it'll have to prob- my arm. It'll it'll more than likely have to be like that Monday or Tuesday okay. or something like that. Yeah, but yeah, I, okay. th- that should not be a problem. Okay. Um, so in Spider Bet news, um, the last time we had a show, the second trailer had not come out. Devin and I did do our live reaction to the trailer on Instagram. You can go watch that on our feed now. It's like the second to last post. Uh, because we haven't posted anything in two weeks. Uh, but Ryan, what was your reaction to the second trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home? Have you seen it? There's a second trailer. Okay. Maybe <laughs> uh, it's so good. I'm sorry. It's so good. A, I no, hang on I a second. It's, pr- it's probably... Okay, no, no. Okay, no. I have. Okay. okay. I have. I saw it once and I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. And then I've seen it like 30 times since because I've been, you know, streaming. Right. And I just, I've blocked it out because it's been so oversaturated on me so far. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, most of what I've been seeing was the, um, the lizard, like the, the Brazilian trailer. Like, oh, with the lizard? Not, yeah. With the lizard getting punched by nothing. Excuse and just you. the Just the Excuse memes you. from this- that. The Sue Storm cameo, I think, is what you mean. You saw. Uh, you mean John Cena's cameo? Hold <laughs> on, oh, are the TV spots different than the second commercial? Th- there, there are some different TV new clips and TV spots, and one okay, of them. What they? Okay, so I'm curious, Devin, how are you feeling about the Spider Bet right now? Because still pretty confident. I'm going to be honest, because we. I mean. I feel like, sure, they're going to tease the bad guys, but I feel like if there was going to be another Spider-Man, they would have, like, just mildly hinted at it through some, like... You would have seen, like, a differently costumed Spider-Man at some yeah. point. Not, okay. like, all Tom Holland. Well, okay. So, there is a clip from the TV spots I want to talk about. Because okay. I think this might play into what you were just saying. Okay. Uh, so, there is a clip with Doctor Strange and Tom Holland outside of the cage they have Doc Ock in. Oh, okay. So Doctor Strange turns to Doc Ock and says, from your world, you know, Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Yes. Is this your Mm -hmm. Peter Parker? And he says, no. 
And I'll, I have to say, I, I've only seen this clip once and it was like memed. Like they replaced Tom Holland with like every other version of Spider-Man and just had Doc Ock saying, no, <laughs> no, no. But the fact that they're hinting that there's another version of Spider-Man out there, I think plays into the fact that I'm going to win the spider bet. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I mean, here's the thing is, is I don't think you are. I think they're going to come in at the end as like a quick cameo, like a, yeah, here's Toby Maguire's left toe. You'll see him in this other movie. <laughs> I think it's setting it up. That being said, I have a I have a plan for if I win the spider bet. Okay. Um, I've got something planned that is going to take me like probably five hours to do, but it's going to be worth it. And I'll tell Ryan what it wait. is. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I'll tell Ryan okay, good. after the show. Um, I'm so excited for whatever this is now. Yeah. Um so yeah, I'm excited. I'm going to be be going opening weekend with uh, some film buddies of mine who I'm working on a project with that weekend. Nice. So I cannot wait. Uh, I just, and I'll probably be going at least twice that weekend, maybe three times. I, like I don't know. Um, Cause my wife wants to go see it with me too. So, Aww. and she never wants to go to the movies. So uh, take advantage Special of that moment. when I can. It is. Um, she's actually watching right now. So hi. Oh, okay. Hey. Uh, all right, so I think that covers the spider bet. Ryan, how are you feeling about it right now? Um, I'm in Alan's corner. Are you moment. really? I am. I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm sorry, Devin, but the way you're interpreting stuff just it. It sounds like you're grasping at straws. It you sounds like I'm... you're. You know, like I'm sorry, but everything they've been doing in these trailers mm-hmm. is like. To me, it's almost one of those things where it's like, oh, come on. They've got to be in it. Because of what they're showing, mm-hmm. I, I almost feel like that if not both of them, one of them is going to be at least in this. I I think we forgot to mention the biggest news with the spider bet. Ryan has entered the spider bet. Oh, he has. That's right. He, um, Ryan, You guys the, can bring this up. That's fine. Yeah. Uh-huh. So Ryan entered the spider bet, and we, we kind of raised the stakes a little bit for ourselves. Uh, Ryan was sending us memes about Chad Kroger and Josie Scott's song hero and how that better be the end credit song at the end of no way home. <laughs> so I jokingly said, if that's the end of the, if that's the song at the end of the tr- the movie, Devin and I will recreate the music video. hundred <laughs> like, percent. Like hundred percent. will. green screen. I'll be Chad Kroger. He can be Josie Scott. We'll do the whole thing. Top to bottom. Happily, very happily. I've got I've got the rock band guitars at my parents' house. I can grab. It's going to be amazing. Um, I'll even I'll even throw the Spider Man suit on and just do the scenes of Spider Man from the movie. <laughs> oh, I actually really want that to win the most. Yeah. Not only because it would be great to like film that, but it would also just be so fun to have that as the last thing. You know, <laughs> you know, we might just do that for fun anyway. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're all um, bored and over yeah. thirty. Why not? Yeah, why not? Uh, I'd much rather do that than the uh, Snow Patrol music video from Spider-Man 3. Uh, <laughs> Gross. Gross. All right. So let's get into We Watch This. Ryan, you actually have something for today. What have you been watching? Um, I, Sorry, I just had a blank because I had like too many things in my head just come forward at once and yeah. I forgot. So anyway, I get it. F is, um, I've actually been watching a lot of animated shows uh, and F is for family is been something that I've been not binging, but like watching an episode here and there once every two days. Um, the more I'm watching it, the more I appreciate 
the comedian Bill Blur? Burr. Oh, Bill Burr. Bill Burr. The more every episode I see, I respect him more than just being a sharpshooter in a Star Wars show and Good. the few stand-ups I've seen him do. Um, you know, I I'm starting to get a good appreciation for him too. I haven't seen much of his stand-up. I haven't seen this show, but like some of the interviews I've seen with him, I I kind of am growing to appreciate him as a like as an entertainer. So I might I might mm-hmm. actually want to check this out. Sell me on this show. Make me watch this. <sighs> um, modern day version of All in the Family, <laughs> set in the seventies. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, okay. See, the, the the thing is, it's like. The dad works at an airport, and it's like the mid seventies. You got all of the that 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 you know like economy stuff going on. Like this, like the mid seventies is where things went from like you know nineteen fifty sixties America to pretty much what 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 we're dealing with now economic wise. So you've got a man in his like middle ages dealing with that switch, and they nail the mid seventies in this when it comes to like the stereotypes and the jokes, and. I've never watched a cartoon so foul-mouthed in my life. Really? And it's amazing. Oh, it's great. The, the, Bill plays the dad. He does the mm-hmm. voice for the dad. And if you know the rants that he can go on on his stand-up... I do. It's that. Whenever it's the that. dad gets emotional and mad, it just turns into a Bill rant. <laughs> it just turns into a Bill. <laughs> I think so, I, like I mean, I, um, I know some people that like him but don't like the show. Some of the storylines could be a little bit better so far, but I'm I, I'm just going to stick with it and see where it goes. How far are you? Like episode four. <laughs> oh. That's awesome, though. I'm going to have to give that a watch. Yeah, yeah I'm going to have to watch that, too. Um, one of the things that about him that I have saw recently, which is surprising to me, just given the context of the quote, was uh, he talked about the Star Wars fandom. And we've talked about it on this show before about how uh, it can be toxic sometimes, but he's had a really positive experience with it and how fans just embrace him as part of Star Wars. And I think that has a lot to say about how the fans are reacting to Mandalorian in general. Um, So I'm, it's always, I'm glad to hear positive news come out of Star Wars fans (laughs) as a community. Um, Even if it is just we like Bill Burr space, Boston yeah, like, like we're gonna be nice to this <laughs> actor because there's so many stories. Like I can, I can name several actors who have had such a bad experience with Star Wars that, like, varying from different degrees to from uh, like they they just don't work anymore or they like just completely ruin their life because of Star Wars. Um, so it's really good to see like a positive uh, take on it. Yeah. Um, two uh, two more short things though about the show. One, it takes place in Pennsylvania. Huh. Good. Okay. Where? So there's I have no idea. It's some medium sized town in Pennsylvania. So think like Carlisle that might have like a small airport because again he works in an airport. So like think Carlisle size, maybe Philly. I don't know. Um, two completely they, different. They, they things. haven't gone into like, it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, I well, th- th- that's why I said Carlisle, maybe Philly. I you know one extreme to the other. Um, and it was right there at the tip of my tongue, and I lost it. Whatever. Just stick with that one. It, okay. It, it's a good one. It sounds like a good it's, reason. I like yeah. that. I mean, we're all Pennsylvania boys. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, Devin, what have you been? What have you watched recently? 
So I watched a couple of things. I think the first thing you have for me is the new James Bond movie. It is. All I, right. I, I, picked, I, I, guess I, right. I got scared there for a second. So I did too. Uh, yeah, it's a new James Bond movie, No Time to Die. Uh, Alan, I think you've seen this one before. Ryan, have you seen it? No. How do you feel about James Bond, uh, Ryan? I like Sean Connery. Okay. I like Pierce Brosnan. I like the guy that was in between those two. Um, okay. I like gadgets. I like my James Bond to have gadgets and to be suave and stupid. There were like eight in between Brosnan yeah. and Connery. Yeah. But... Well, so, like, well, well, okay. No, no, no. You had Connery and then you had that guy that did like two or Roger three. Moore. You had Roger, Roger Moore. Roger Moore. You and then they stopped doing. No, there's who? George Lazenby. George Lazenby. Then you had Timothy Dalton. Yeah, good old T. Dalt. Hang on, hang on, hang on a second. How many James Bonds have there been? I thought there oh only gosh, been like four. Seven. No, actors. Yeah, there's been like seven yeah. actors. Are you? Yeah. We're just talking movies, not TV yeah. shows or anything yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, there's been a lot. Whatever. Oh, I. <laughs> All I know is that there was Sean Connery, and then there was that guy right after him, and then they didn't make any James Bond movies for, like, a good chunk of time, and then they got the, the you know, like, GoldenEye and, you know, I, those movies. Ryan, I, I'm i super confused because, like, they never stopped. Like, I think the most time there's been between a James Bond movie was between Pierce Brosnan and Daniel Craig, and that was like five years. I, I, I'm going to be honest, though. I love the idea like, I'm of I'm generally the, confused the on where what, what your gap is with James Bond. I, I mean, I think it's it's Dalton, Lazenby. Uh, I, I think it's them. And, and you know what? I like that idea where they were like, it's like head in the sand where it's like, they did Connery. He was great. Don't worry about it. Then Pierce Brosnan, and came then along. in the '90s, yeah, <laughs> Timothy um, Dalton, yeah, 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 good old T. Dalt. He's wonderful. George Lazenby. George yeah. Lazenby was only one. You don't have to count him. Um, what the? What the? <laughs> but but Sean Connery has one that's not technically a James Bond film, but he plays James Bond. But never there's... say never again, or never say something yeah. because yeah. he said he never play the role again, yeah. and then he then wanted he to, so they named it off after his quote. Yeah, so yeah. whatever. I I those other Bonds don't exist. I don't care. Anyway, <laughs> no, no, no. The... Please, I I genuinely love that. I do. Okay, so I, I, you give you give those James Bond yeah. films the same reaction I do to Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> So okay, there we go. Um, but yeah, no, like the, the, the new Daniel Craig. Like, honestly, do I know what killed them for me? Yeah, I really do. The board identity movies. Okay. Because to me, like the whole idea of having a super spy is silly and it's stupid. And I watched it for action. That was mm-hmm. it. Like the gadgets and the comet, you know, and. And the jokes. And then the Born Identity came out. And it took that whole thing of being like a super spy serious. And they tried to throw in a gimmick of like, ooh, he doesn't know who he is. Which which I've seen in a Jackie Chan movie. So I'm not going to take that seriously. Yeah. Um, so I've had no interest to watch any of those films. I watched the first one. Didn't really enjoy it. And then when they brought back the Bond movies, mm-hmm. they tried to make it to... And then I saw the first one. 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, this isn't Bond. This isn't a Bond movie. This is too serious. Like, they should just rebrand it and have it be something else. Like, have it be like a British born identity thing instead of this. I, I think that's fair to say about Casino Royale because they definitely got more James Bondy as the Daniel Craig films went along, especially by that's the end true. of Skyfall because they, they set up like uh, Miss Monty Pony and like all yeah. of the all of the the standard like you have Q with all of the um, all of the gadgets and stuff. So they did definitely play with say. it more. Yeah. I agree. Here's something I will say for the Craig trilogy that I actually really like is that I I like that they're genuinely making or they tried to make James Bond an actual character with an emotional arc. I think the closest they've ever come was for you in the beginning of For Your Eyes Only. He's at his wife's grave and then he's like, eh, guess I'm moving on. Yeah. And like that's as close as they ever gave him to any kind of emotional arc. And especially putting this with this movie, putting the rest of the, his like Daniel Craig's time as Bond in, in context, I really like what they did with it. I loved this movie. I would recommend it to anyone, even if you didn't like Craig um, as Bond. But I I just think that it does such a good job of showing that they had kind of a point with what they were doing. Yeah, you you, met, you said it was a trilogy, but I believe there were. It was five. a trilogy. There were four, but it's a trilogy. No, <laughs> there were five. Fun. There were five. Yeah. It was Casino, Quantum, um, Skyfall, Skyfall, Spectre, and then this one. Yeah. Um, I, I was yeah I was most disappointed with uh, with Spectre because I I know and love Blofeld as a bad guy and I don't know that Christoph Waltz did him justice but so, knowing where they went with it I think it's good. I see that's the one thing like I. I watched Spectre on my way to New York for Comic-Con on the train. Mm-hmm. So I watched it on my phone. Um, and I really enjoyed the Blofeld stuff. I kind of wish there was more of it in No Time to Die. Agreed. But I think the way they the way they they um, told a complete story. I'm trying, to, I'm trying not to spoil this for anyone who hasn't yeah. seen it. The way they told a complete story, I, 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 I get what they did with it. Me too. Um, How do so you feel? we can maybe... Oh, go ahead. I was going to ask, how do you feel about Rami Malek's villain? Loved it. Loved it. I, I like, so it's not a spoiler, but I'll give you like a little hint of his thing. His thing is that he knows poisons. And I think that's really interesting and in kind of compelling as like a bad guy quirk. Because like James Bond characters, with the exception of maybe Javier Bardem, um, aren't overly three-dimensional characters like one of them in a pierce Brosnan movie was like i want to control the news and i'm like all right fine control the news do it but like this guy had a pretty personal reason to do it which is what was good about javier Bardem's character but he also had something that made him unique and stand out and i like that okay what about you did you like him as much i i got the whole poison thing i i guess his Mm -hmm. motivations towards the end kind of lost me like I don't really understand what his his end goal was completely, um, got, but I guess you can say a little bit, yeah. It, it got a little cartoonish towards the end, I guess. Um, but now I overall I enjoyed the film. Um, the Hans Zimmer score I think is was great. Good. Like we got two great Hans Zimmer scores back to back in October. It was fantastic because we had that and then we had Dune. Um, but. I'm trying yeah, to think what we'll else I can say. Please see that movie. Oh, uh, I saw this in New York opening night in a Dolby theater. So I got to see it with uh, like the, the best picture possible, 
which was amazing. I I cannot wait until I have a theater like that around here. Um, but I feel like I'm going to be waiting a while. So you said Malik got cartoony towards the end. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. You, you that I'm happy with that. So I was trying to figure out where my gap in my Bond movie like mishap happened because that's okay. like thinking that Simbad played the genie like that's that <laughs> level of like me going what um so from 1983 to 1995 except for never say never again so three mm-hmm. bond movies uh a view to a kill mm-hmm. he living daylights i don't know yeah. the living day i don't whatever yeah, living day- um yeah. and then license to kill mm-hmm I had no idea those even existed. So the, oh wow! So Timothy Dalton. To be I fair, like though, would kill. to be fair, um, I've never seen a Timothy Dalton Bond movie. What? All so, right. So, uh, so Devin, if you you've got a pick coming up, so if you want to add that to your list, feel free. Yeah, because I know so I that's know why I thought there I was know such who, a gap. I know who the bad guy. Is. I know who the Bond villain is in *A View to Kill*. Yeah, you do, and he's. Mm. And if you want me to be doing that accent, like that impression, the whole show, go ahead and pick. I that. mean, I think I think it's gonna have to because if you do it, kills wonderful. I mean, yeah. When Tito Ryan, do you want to know? Away, they had a whole like thing for him, so I watched all of his movies all at yeah. once. Is that the one that uh, Doctor Evil's based off of? Doctor, no, he's more no. Blofeld. I think like he, original okay. Blofeld. Doctor Evil is okay. Blofeld mixed with Born Michaels from SNL. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, it's a uh, it's a uh, Christopher Walken. Like yeah, he's cool. the bad guy from View to a Kill. Yeah. He's perfect. Um, all right. So, uh, anything else, Devin, on James Bond? No time to die. No, watch it. It was wonderful. I love it. I can't wait to see where they're going with the next one. All right. Uh, so I've got a pick here, and I I was kind of I was honestly surprised Devin didn't have this for his because we had talked about this a few weeks ago on the show, but uh, the first weekend it was available, I watched. Tick, Tick, Boom, starring Andrew Garfield as Jonathan Larson on Netflix. And I've got to say, I've listened to the soundtrack like three times since then. I absolutely loved Andrew Garfield's performance in this movie. Uh, The movie itself is interesting. and It does a lot of cool things. Um, I don't know if I ever need to watch the whole thing again, but I definitely enjoy the songs. Um, But Devin, you watched this as well. What was your take on Tick, Tick, Boom? I was, I'm going to be honest, I was really worried about this because I was interested in it because, I mean, I, my passion, my passionate hate towards Rent will drive me to do things like this. So I couldn't wait to like hate watch this movie because what I wanted it to be was I wanted it to be just a love letter to the movie Rent, where it was almost like Slumdog Millionaire, but Rent, where like, he has a friend and the friend is almost like that person in the show. And then this thing happened to him. And it's like what happened in the show. And and actually it really wasn't that it wasn't really a love letter to rent. It was a love letter to the individual and to the struggles of being an artist and the struggles of working so hard on a thing and then going, well, what now? Mm -hmm. Which I really, really loved and connected with in a stupidly personal way. So like, I, I thought this was great. Yeah. And like, the other thing is like there like it's not what you thought it was going to be but there's also elements of that you can see like the yep. influence that his life had on rent like cuz he does have friends with aids and uh he is kind of living the kind of life that the characters in rent are um i think what what 
stands out to me and it, like this isn't the only thing that has done this this year is it like has a whole song about turning 30 and i still don't feel like i turned 30 but i did in january yeah um but uh 30 90 has been like like that's the song that i've been listening to the most because andrew garfield just rocks it um yeah but between that and uh bill burnham's turning 30 like netflix <laughs> is just like giving me a soundtrack for the year um because i'm not counting last year like I, I like I my January I'm celebrating my thirty for my thirty first birthday, but it's gonna be my thirtieth. I'm I'm going. We all get like minus one year. Yeah. So because I I couldn't celebrate it last year because of COVID, because everything was still closed. But now, now you can. I feel like I gotta go. I gotta go big in January. So, Ryan, would you watch this movie? No. No. I don't have enough interest in it to want to okay. watch it. I mean, okay. I'm like. <clears throat> No hate to anybody who likes it. No hate to anybody who likes Rent. It just does not interest me at all because I had no interest in the play or the the movie play. <laughs> I, so there were a few surprises in this that I really enjoyed, like Richard Kind showing up as a theater critic, and then the whole Sunday brunch number and yeah, all of the cameos really in there. Did you? How many of them did you recognize without looking oh. them up? Oh, like one. I recognized really one in the Sunday Brunch which, cameo. Which I, one? I even forget. I, I know that there was someone that I went... The one person that came in and was like, it's spelled with a K. I was like, you look familiar. Oh, really? And then just like, yeah. You didn't recognize the Skylar sister sitting at the at the bar? No, that's so funny. That was them. Yeah. I recognized oh, them. Cool. And then... Uh, Bernadette Peters, I recognized, and then mm-hmm. uh, the 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 uh, the homeless people outside towards the end of the number were from Rent. Like Adam Pascal oh, who play, played Roger was ah, in that. Ah, ah. Fun fact about Roger from Rent that I learned s- since watching this movie and like doing a deep dive on the history of Jonathan Larson and like figuring out like where this where Tick Tick Boom happened as a stage show. The character of Roger was named after. Roger Bart, who was friends with Jonathan Larson. No. Yeah. That's really cool. Roger Bart, who can now be seen on the West End in Back to the Future, the musical. Which I saw for a second time. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Uh, I'll see it eight more times. Funnily (laughs) enough, like this whole conversation about Roger from Rent, who's also in the um, in the Sunday brunch number. He's one of the, the homeless people. He's in another thing that came out in this last week. And I'm curious if you guys have seen the first two episodes of Disney Marvel's Hawkeye on Disney Plus. I have. Not yet. Okay. Oh, no, we can't spoil. Okay. Okay. We can't spoil it, but uh, we can talk about we can. I feel like we can talk about Rogers the musical a little bit because that's Adam Pascal. That's Adam Pascal. Is it Adam Pascal? Yeah. Oh, funny. Uh, So. Without getting the spoilers, Devin, what did you think of Hawkeye? It's good. It's I think it's what I wanted it to be. I, I never really liked Hawkeye as a character too too much. I mean, I liked that his arc was like family and stuff like that. Uh, and I, I always feel like handover type things or just like, hey, introducing like another type of, of hero is always kind of awkward. I think that, um, yeah, I, I like it. I like the tone it has. I like what it's going for. It feels very kind of classic Marvel to me. Which to me is pretty good. It was a little bit refreshing after Eternals. 
Yeah. Uh, I really enjoy the Christmas feel of this. Um, I like, it's got a very Shane black, like storytelling aspect to it. The musical score, like, like takes cues from Christmas Carol. So you have like Carol of the bells in the background. Um, but, um, I was, it's kind of refreshing that the whole thing, like it focuses more on Kate Bishop than Clint Barton, which I find refreshing. Uh, I agree. And it does a good balance of the two getting into the second episode once they, once they meet. But the first episode Mm -hmm. really relies on telling her story and introducing her as a character. I think they did a really good job of, of introducing her because I really enjoy her take on Kate Bishop. It's very close to the, um, the Matt fraction run of the comic. Oh, cool. So, and I like that they made him deaf, like and how they explained it for the MCU up to this point. So I, you can listen. So you can listen to, uh, the song from Rogers, the musical, like on Spotify, which mm -hmm. I have quite a bit. My favorite part of it, and this isn't a spoiler, is that they go through each Avenger and their power, right? And they're like, you know, Black Widow can kick butt and Iron Man can fly and shoot. Then they get to Hawkeye and they go, Hawkeye seems cool, like a really nice guy. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> they don't talk about like any of his powers or how he's good with a bow and arrow. Just seems nice. Yeah. No, I I, I, I just realized I, I don't even know what day of the week it is anymore. Tomorrow is Wednesday, so we get another episode. Oh, nice. So, Ryan, uh, is this, does this one interest you at all? Uh, <laughs> it's fine if it I doesn't. Mean, I mean, I mean, it does on the fact that you know I'm interested in the character. I want to see more about him, so I am eventually going to watch it. It's sure. just I don't. Know, I'm trying to deal with the. I'm trying not to be burnt out on this whole like Marvel thing. Sure. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to like keep my distance from it a little bit. So mm-hmm. then I run into these situations where it's like, Oh crap. I wasn't paying attention. Now I got like five shows. To watch. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the refreshing thing about it is it, it just, it's like a, it's like this, the Marvel Christmas special because we don't have one of those this year. Uh, we, we're getting an actual Christmas special next year, but like it, like just the Christmas tone of it all is like just exactly what I want for this time of year. And if you lo- if you like New York at Christmas time, this was made for you. Like mm-hmm. cuz they they do everything and the music's there, the 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 scenes that the like the I- iconic uh places are there like Rockefeller Center uh in the skating rink like it's it's it got it got me excited for the holiday season. So Okay. Um <laughs> And uh, I really enjoyed Haley Steinfeld in this. And that's actually part of the reason that my pick for this week was Begin Again, which features Haley Steinfeld. Yeah. Uh, Not only that, but Kira Knightley also has a movie coming out this week called Silent Night. Um, Oh, I didn't know that. So it was a combination of that and um, (laughs) had absolutely nothing to do with the fact that James Corden has a late night show. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, so, uh, so my my pit, our main topic for tonight is the twenty twenty thirteen film, uh, directed by John Carney, Begin Again, that stars Kira Knightley, Mark Ruffalo, Haley Steinfeld, Adam Levine. Um. So this movie, if you haven't seen the movie, it's a. 
I, I didn't read the description before I, I did this, and now it... <laughs> Is it bad? It's not great. A chance encounter between a down-and-out music business executive and a young singer-songwriter new to Manhattan turns into a promising collaboration between two talents. Oh. Which... It's not wrong. It's not yeah. wrong. But, it, it like, if I just read that, it wouldn't really sell me on the story. Uh, what What I like about this film is it does a really... It it plays with nonlinear storytelling in an interesting way, um, but I think this there there's a moment in here that made me go, oh, okay, so what is this movie gonna be? And it just kept me in for the rest of it. Um, and I'll get I'll get a go in the detail about that here shortly, but I want to know what you guys thought of Begin Again. You wanna go, Ryan? You know, I really thought. I had completely wiped from my memory the fact that the slouchy that the slouchy beanie look was a thing. I'd completely forgotten about that, and here comes Adam Levine walking into the kitchen wearing one of those slouchy beanies from the mid millennium. Completely ruined my afternoon. Thank you, Alan. You're welcome. Okay, no, okay. Seriously though, it was better than I thought it was going to be. The movie got better as it went along because I was pulling my teeth out within the first like twenty minutes. But things started getting better. Okay. So, yeah. Devin, how about you? Because I have a few predictions (laughs) on what you thought of this movie. No, I I like non-linear storytelling. So I like that part of it a lot. I liked its exploration of relationships quite a bit. I mean, I like that it had a couple of different relationships going. It almost felt like it was kind of a condensed different version. It's going to get crap, but like of love, actually. Where, like, you have genuinely different kinds of love and different relationships shown here, which I really liked. You know, it wasn't just like, watch this one couple. Um, and then halfway through, I had uh, the urge to, to Google Manic Pixie Dream Girl. And the movie proved me wrong. So I was right. I, 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 was, I was happy for that. Uh, the movie itself was good. I mean, I liked it. it. It's not my typical genre watch of movie. But there was enough here that, A, made me interested in it and kind of kept my attention. So I'm curious if it was the same thing for the both of us. But, B, um, it, I love the movie dates itself. Uh, by making in, Yeah, by, by making a couple of very strong choices where you go, oh, I know exactly when this movie was made. That doesn't have to do with the slouchy beanie? It partly has to do with the slouchy beanie and it partly has to do with Oh, what the heck did they call it? Win- Wintergreen or tape gum or something? The the big musician they included as the big cameo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Awkwardly touchy-feely with a lot of people, and I won't say anything else. Oh, well, because he was high. Because he was high. <laughs> yep. That's it. Yeah, we don't we, we don't have to talk about CeeLo Green in this movie. Yeah, um, but no, no, no. But it definitely I, placed the movie in a time. Honestly, I yeah, it does, and I um, Dev, Devin and I actually have a CeeLo Green story. <laughs> we do. He ruined a night of ours. Yeah. Uh, so in college, uh, Devin and I were supposed to meet up with my uncle for a Penn mm-hmm. State game, but something changed on my uncle's band schedule because he's a high school band director because of a CeeLo Green show, like. A former student of his was on The Voice. It was The Voice, And yeah. was supposed to be in New Jersey for a longer period of time for rehearsals, but CeeLo Green needed him back in, in Las Vegas. So he could. my uncle couldn't make the football game. 
So we're like, well, damn, what do we do? Like my uncle said, well, I can meet you halfway between New Jersey and state college, Pennsylvania. So Devin and I spent the night driving interstate 80, just going Mm -hmm. to, uh, where, where do we end up? Allentown? I think we ended yeah, up in Allentown. Yeah, we ended up in Ryan's neck of the woods to just pick yeah. up the Penn State tickets and parking pass from my uncle because of CeeLo Green. <laughs> yep. And we almost didn't make it. Remember the time we almost ran out of gas and we pulled in listening to the Batman Begins soundtrack? That's the other thing. Like we or the Dark Knight soundtrack. We yeah. were at like one mile to go in the till empty. And like yep. I, I put on the Hans Zimmer score to the dark night and we pulled in just as the just as the cor- like the the horn swelled it was it was yep. <laughs> i you could not re- i i could film that and use that same music and it would not <laughs> be the same moment that it was in real life it was so but, good thanks Celo. yeah thanks yeah uh forget you uh <laughs> so the mo so we talked. I talked a bit about the moment that drew me into this, and the part of it, it has to do with the nonlinear storytelling. So the film opens with Kira Knightley singing her song at this open mic night, and then it ends with Mark Ruffalo just staring at her in the crowd, and then it goes to like telling you his backstory and what his day was like. Where he gets fired, he's an alcoholic, he, his daughter's disappointed in him. And then he hears Kira Knightley singing and you're like, oh, okay, this is going to just be weird. But then once all of the music, music, musical instruments on stage start playing themselves and you, you hear what he hears, like Mm -hmm. it just expands on her song. And I don't want to say improves it, but changes it completely. It makes it something that like just embraces the potential that that song has and the way they present that in the film really drew me as like, okay, I really like this song now. Like I really, I'm really drawn into this music and then just their chemistry worked so well for me throughout this whole thing that from the moment they, they started talking, I was like, okay, I I'm on board. Like I, yeah, I was completely drawn into their stories and how they played with played off of each other. Yeah, I liked I liked a lot of that too. Like I liked the I mean I made the joke after they like went back. So they showed you like how he got there, then they showed you how Karen Knightley got there. And then I made the joke, oh they're gonna show us how the bar stool got there now. <laughs> and it didn't do that, which was nice. Cause I I was genuinely wondering, like, is this going to be one of those movies that like everything in life hinges or like leads up to this moment and you get, you know, the moment gets more and more meaningful the more perspectives you get into it. And it does do that to some degree, but it didn't tire itself out by continually showing you how James Gordon got there, then how, you know, <laughs> the lady on his left got there. So the original title for this film was Can a Song Sa- Save Your Life? And I think that scene in particular really plays into that title. Mm-hmm. Um, and this film has a few different titles around the world. Uh, I think some places call it that. It's called Begin Again. Some like occasionally iTunes will have it listed as New York Symphony. Weird. Yeah, weird. Yeah, it, it's it, it is weird. Um, Ryan, do you have so anything? Hold on. Ryan said he was burnt out, or was almost like grinding his teeth for the first couple of minutes. Did you yeah. not like the like loop back to like let's? No, let's I'm fine with the non-linear stairs storytelling. I'm mm-hmm. fine with that. That wasn't a problem. 
it was I like the fact that he could hear the music, you know, because he's a producer pretty much and he needs to, you know, be able to he was in the car screaming, like, give me a hook, give me something I can work with, please. And then he was like, this isn't that bad until you started singing. And then he threw the CD <laughs> out of the window. I thought that was funny. But I was afraid, given that, like, I've never heard of this movie before. I don't really know how big it was, if it was an indie film, if it was a private release. I have no idea. Um, or I had no idea when I first watched We're it. We're also not going to talk um, about the production company behind this movie. That's fine. <laughs> okay. Um, so when he saw the instruments moving, all I could think of was Ally McBeal. And I was like, oh my God, is every time he hears music that he likes, is stuff going to like stand up and start dancing all over the place? And that's where I was like, oh no, I don't know if I could handle this that, you know, going forward. But then when they did a few more of the like instrumental scenes where they actually showed them playing the music and, you know, the the instruments didn't come to life, I breathed a sigh of relief and I wasn't grinding my teeth anymore. So you were more worried about what it would have become as opposed to like what it was actually like presenting you with. Yeah, like, okay. because to me, it is such a weird thing to do only once. You know, and I, thinking about that, thinking about it that way, I do understand your point. But what I think it did for me is it, it helped to fill in, like, how he was approaching this. And it helped to draw a bit of a contrast between himself and his partner that fired him. That, like, you know... Mark Ruffalo's character is kind of the one with the vision and the one with the ear for this, and maybe the other person is the one with the business acumen. So he was doing yeah, something as, as like dull as I was, audio commentary. I was still having the scene of him trying to carry out a 12-foot-tall piece of artwork playing in my head during that at the same time. So I didn't really <laughs> see that as him trying of them trying to do the contrast of like how his partner sees music compared to him. I just saw mm-hmm. it as, oh my God, he's off his rocker. Like, it one of those things it wasn't until like they were toward like it it wasn't until the next day when she calls him and he plays the joke on her that i was like oh okay this might be something a little bit better than what i think it's going to be yeah where, where, where he says it, it was at that moment where that, i was like yeah okay yeah like like that and he was like oh you know i'm just kidding yes you know like that whole thing and then they start doing what they're going to be doing mm-hmm. from that moment i was on board yeah this definitely wasn't the movie i expected it to be i, I think ryan you said that and i'll i'll definitely echo that here because what i figured it was going to be was okay mark ruffalo at one point in the beginning of the movie said all musicians are like teenagers or like angsty teens. None of them have anything really interesting to say. They'll say something good once or something like that. And I went, there's the thesis of the movie. Got it. And now <laughs> Knightley is going to spend the whole movie proving him wrong. And then he's going to marry her. And boy, he's wrong. I was wrong. I was very wrong. I liked the, like how it ended. I liked the fact, I mean, spoiler, I guess. Are we spoiling? Are we not? Yeah, spoiling? I mean, we can't like the one thing that I think this movie does really well is showing a platonic relationship between it these does. two. Um, had James Corden not ruined that, like been there that one night, maybe it may not have been so platonic, but it it's strictly platonic. And there is mm-hmm. like passion for one another in, in those two characters, but not in a romantic way, but like they're there to support each other, uh, mute, like career wise. And like, 
in life. Like they become very good mm-hmm. friends, like going through the city, holding hands, listening to music on a, on a, spl- on a splitter. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and that's, that's what I meant when I was talking about, like, you know, this is a bit like love actually for me where like the main relationship in it is a, a very deep platonic friendship where like, these two people almost feel like non-romantic soulmates or something like that and challenge each other in very interesting ways. I love that. But then I love that you also get the whole like arc about forgiving an ex. And then you get the arc about like what happens when you need to distance yourself from an ex and like the relationship with somebody that you used to love versus like what it looks like when somebody you love, you know, suddenly becomes famous and is put into this whole new life. Like I love the exploration of different types of the word love that this movie does without being as blatant as love actually is. Yeah. And I think just the title of begin again, like it does, the film talks a lot about starting your life from a a certain point, like whether it's losing your job or losing a lot, like losing a relationship or losing a, um, a marriage. Like there are a lot of things that, these two characters have to start from scratch. Like Kira Knightley is no longer with Adam Levine when she meets Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo is living in an apartment in the city by himself without a job when he meets Kira Knightley. Like they both have to start fresh and they do so together and then builds, they create something that benefits them, not only them, but the people around them and the relationships that they have with those people. Like, if it wasn't for this album album that they're working on, uh, Mark Ruffalo's relationship with his daughter wouldn't evolve the way it does in this. Mm-hmm. Who was okay? So, what was the most compelling relationship in the movie for you then? And, and you can cop out and say the main one. That's fine. Um, for because I'll answer. For me, it's the, the his ex wife. I I really liked the story of like her moving away cheating on him, going, we're going to leave our, our husbands and wives, and then coming back in the other guy chickening out, and then what that meant for her marriage and then how she repaired it, I think was interesting. That 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 was one that I picked up on, like, just little things that they did this time around. Mm-hmm. Like, when he, when they tell his daughter that she can be on the album and he, like, freaks out and goes inside, like, mm-hmm. she takes his cigarette and just starts smoking it while he's in the yeah. doorway, and I was like, that's such a subtle thing that I've never picked up on before, but shows you where those two are at. Like she's still comfortable around him. Like she'll like, she's not afraid of his germs or anything. Like, like I don't smoke, but See, yeah, I got that when, um, he's, I guess still drunk and he goes up into the shower Oh yeah, and <laughs> he, and he like jokingly invites her in and she just kind of like smiles at him and then stops and looks and then walks out again. She's like, waited like, a bit. And he's like, that's when I got the whole like, okay, well, they're still comfortable. Well, you know, it's like they're having problems, but there's still something there. Yeah, doesn't he, doesn't he like, there's still love there. Him? Like you want to join me? Like, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I, and to quote one of Alan's favorite movies, there's still love there. I think. <laughs> I still love that. I think all you need is love. John Lennon. <laughs> Smart man. Shot in the back. Very sad. Uh, <laughs> Ryan, how about you? Which relationship was the most interesting to you? Well, honestly, um, even though it didn't really get a lot of story time, um, actually, no, I, I'm taking that back. 
the one with Karen Knightley, that's her name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm saying it. I just want to make sure I'm hearing it right. Okay. Her and Adam Levine, that one. No, it was um, a Because really good that one. one struck a real... Th- 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 that one struck a chord with me. Mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah, it's just it's it's just it's one of those things where I I like it in film where they show like an outcome that's not really seen a lot, mm-hmm. um, because a lot of movies like they want to make you feel good at the end, you know that you know, uh, and and that whole thing, and it's really rare to see a storyline end with a guy. I mean, in this case, it was a guy. It could be whoever in the in the relationship screws up and no matter how bad you feel about it no matter how remorseful you feel about it there are just some things that you just have to kind of like pack up your crap take the life experience and move on and apply it to be a better person next time around that's Mm. all you can do and that's what i'm and that's what i got from adam levine's character that he did feel bad about what happened he's a jerk yes he's definitely a jerk but you could tell that yes he does feel bad about what happened he does regret it and hopefully he takes that life experience and that lesson going forward and is a better person in the next relationship yeah and you could you could tell he he has such an interesting arc with his facial hair. Like I don't know if you <laughs> noticed this or not. He starts off clean shaven. Like so, like his character progresses. Like what you Google? What you Google? His face, because okay. I wanted to see if that was real or if that was makeup. Because boy, that was bad. It, that was, was it, really bad. Was it real? I saw pictures of him with a beard at like premieres and stuff. Okay. And, He's had a beard and then before. I, I, but yeah, so, I saw an article that said about like ten different beards that he's had. Like yeah. they were raiding his beards <laughs> over time. So he starts off clean shaven. Then he has a, a mustache. Then he's got like a bushman beard. Then he has a trimmed beard that's still fuller than mine. And then he's at the end when he's trying to win her back, he's clean shaven again. And it's just like you can. Like it's just weird that like, every scene he's in he has different facial hair. And it it just it's off putting. The other thing about his character I enjoyed was like they they make a big point about his uh his version of her song, the one that they put on the album like being like a sellout and cheesy and corny and like not good. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's just Maroon Five. Like that's <laughs> It's a Maroon Five song. Sorry. Yeah, you're you're just talking about your own music at this point. Like you realize that, right? Like that's Maroon Five in 2013. That's the same stuff they were putting out. Um, so, uh, I had a moment with this movie that I got to tell you guys about. Yes, uh, Ryan. You know how sometimes you get so awkwarded out by movies because you put yourself in the situations that you like have to leave the room. Yeah. I realized I do something similar, so I can't like ever judge you for doing that, and I never did, but I won't. <laughs> Uh, I get mad at movie characters really fast. And sometimes, and, and Romana will, will kept call me on this, I'll get so mad at a movie character, I'll have to yell at the screen to the point where in this movie, Romana goes, Devin, calm down, he's just a movie character. Uh, and for me, it was the record producer. That was, uh, that he was like, uh, the you know, Maroon 5 guy was like, yeah, well, you know, my wife really is, or my girlfriend really is my inspiration and all of this. She helps me write my song. Oh, but we're going for what you did in the movie. Who dodged a bullet. Like, 
that, oh my God, everything about him makes my skin crawl. And I was literally yelling at this screen at the end of his scene. The guy from Numbers? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, him. Oh, just the worst. Yeah. <laughs> we're two for three. If someone can break a David Crumholtz reference, like we're all set. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh. But what's fun, like if you if you know Maroon Five and like the history of their music, like it 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 does like kind of affect like his story arc in this movie a little bit because when they played the bad version of Lost Stars, it does remind me of what Maroon Five has become. But at the end, when he's doing like her version of it on stage with his band, it reminded me of songs about Jane and their first album and where that band came from and like the music of theirs that I really enjoy because I really don't like their newer stuff, but their early stuff, like the stuff they had on songs about Jane and the Spider-Man two soundtrack, because uh, I'm, I'm a sucker for the Spider-Man two soundtrack. Like their early (laughs) stuff is good. And that's the kind of music that I grew up with, but they've Uh really changed and it's not great to me. Like take it or leave it, whatever. But for me, Mm -hmm. like I don't enjoy new Maroon five. And you're right. I mean, it's, it adds an interesting dimension to his musical arc. Yeah. See, to me, I don't really care for Maroon 5 that much, but mm. I do have to say, and I want to get the name of the album right because I don't really listen to it that often, but I do listen to it. Um, when they came out with uh, V. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, I don't know why, but that, that's my favorite album from Maroon 5. That's that's And that's 2014. That's the one that had maps and animals and sugar, you know, when he got sugar thrown in his face at a show what? or a premiere. Happen? It was back in 2015 to 2014. Wow. I didn't know anything about that. See, I don't follow Maroon 5 very much at all. Uh, I don't really follow. Was. See, the thing is, I only followed them for a little bit because in 2011, there was this big push to like um, do like an ADHD awareness like thing like how they do with like other stuff and he was part of it he was one of the celebrities that got on board to like be a you know be one of the many faces of of like adhd awareness in adults because they were trying to get rid of that stigma that it's only a kid thing like no it's actually an adult thing too we were put into mental asylums in the 30s like it's a thing um so So, i follow him more than i follow maroon five so Going off what you yeah. said, like uh, V might be the last album of theirs that I enjoy songs from. And funnily enough, on the deluxe version, they have Lost Stars from this film sung by Adam Levine. Oh, do they really? Yeah. Oh, so it was like around I thought it time. sounded familiar. Do I have it on here? No, I don't have the deluxe version. Oh, oh, oh no, I do have the deluxe version. Oh. Then maybe you've heard But I don't see before. Lost Stars. Well, it, it might be listed under Ad- Adam Levine, not Maroon 5. Oh yeah, that's true. Oh, he's doing a solo thing. Yeah, uh, but I want to I want to talk about the soundtrack yeah. to this because um, I don't really have an answer to your question about relationships. Uh, oh, I'm so sorry. Well, I mean, I do. Like, okay, so I guess the the Mark Ruffalo Haley Seinfeld relationship really does stand out to me because okay. there's that moment after they they uh, dine and ditch at the bar where the mm-hmm. bartender comes up and it doesn't focus on Mark Ruffalo and the bartender. It focuses on her relationship and how devastated and embarrassed she is that this is what her father was like and i i that's a really interesting um 
take on that scene. Like you don't focus on what he does to resolve it. You focus on her reaction to it. And like throughout the film, you can tell that he he's trying to be there, but doesn't know how, doesn't know how to say the right things. And then Kira Knightley comes along and she like brings up like the fact that she's dressing the way she does. And Mm -hmm. she's just like, he gets really uncomfortable and like walks to the other side of the, the, the pathway and just sits on this chain fence but then she's like, well, let's go shopping. Come on, we're going shopping. And he's like, oh, okay. Like he, he just, he's just so overwhelmed. He doesn't know what to do, but he slowly learns to how to be there for his daughter and how to build a relationship. And I, I really enjoy how it progresses for the both of them throughout the whole, throughout the story. Um, let's talk about the soundtrack. Uh, 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 well, no, go ahead. Go you ahead. something, Ryan. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. I, was, I completely agree with you about the father-daughter relationship thing. Mm-hmm. I read that scene completely different oh, about where they're talking about the way that she's dressing and everything. Mm-hmm. I took it that he realized, like, oh, crap, she's actually being successful in this conversation. I'm going to bounce and let the girls talk. Uh... That's how I took that <laughs> I, I'm, scene. I mean, you can read it that way, too. Like, I think it, I think it's a combination of both. Like, he he's uncomfortable, but he's also like, I don't want to be here for this because this might work to my benefit. Like, like this exactly is a good that, conversation right there that I don't yeah. need to be here for. That's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's how I took that. And then I also had a, a lightning strike. Um, this movie makes pitch perfect, a Marvel uh, MCU movie. How do you tell? I, I can't wait. Okay. So multiverse, right? Yeah. Okay. Like crazy multiverse. Okay. So in, in Begin Again, Mark Ruffalo's character, something changed in his life and he's now a record producer. Because mm-hmm. you have to say, he's as smart with music as Ruffalo's character was with, like, science. Okay, so, okay, this, so is like, this is like a what if. Like, what, yes. if, what if he cared about music and not science? Exactly. So, the daughter's character is in Pitch Perfect 2. Mm-hmm. Is she? As, yeah, she is. Don't look at me. Don't, Devin. Yeah. Fix your face. I, 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 fix your I, face. Haven't, okay. I haven't seen that movie in years. Yeah, okay. She, she's okay. the freshman so, that comes in after they disband. She's the legacy. Yeah. She's 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 the yeah. She's she's legacy. So if she is her dad, I mean, mm-hmm. if she is her daughter, it, I am completely screwing this up. If she is his daughter, yes. Um, and he was on the verge of like you know not being alive anymore after mm-hmm. that opening scene of, if you know, he didn't walk into what he walked into, mm-hmm. then there's a good chance that pitch perfect two is the like quasi universe flip from that reality where Mark Waffalo's character doesn't exist because of, you know, doing that. And she goes to college and ends up being part of the Bellas. Okay. I no, I'm not mad about that. This is more me just taking degrees of separation I, and just. I, making I, it I have questions. <laughs> I have questions. Like, how does Haley Steinfeld I, oh, still it's become not sound. Kate Bishop? Like, how is she still like the Hawkeye's protege? Because she's okay, also MCU connection connected directly. So. Okay, well, I haven't seen Hawkeye, Mister Marvel, know it all. So I'm just going off of connections. She's in here. it. There, like, <laughs> look, there are years that we don't see of Kate Bishop's life. Where we only get in brief montages of only her act okay. or her like fighting. All we you don't know that she didn't all you, Barton all you have to say is she's adopted. Like that's all you have to say. That's she's adopted. Okay. There you go. So speaking of the Marvel connection here, um, 
Kira Knightley was not the original lead of this film. And I'm really curious to hear what you guys would think if this film starred Mark Ruffalo and Scarlett Johansson instead. <laughs> I knew it. Because knew she it was, was originally cast as Kira Knightley's part. What happened? I f- uh, I'm pretty sure she had to go shoot uh, Winter Soldier. Mm. I have a... F- There's a part of... So, Devin, you said before that you thought that she was going to end up being like the like the, the pixie girl thing. Manic pixie dream The girl, manic yeah. pixie... Okay. When did the second Avengers movie come out? 2015. 2015. Okay, so... When they filmed this movie... They wouldn't have started filming for that one no. yet, right? No, this would have oh, been. Okay. This well, would there have goes been, my thought. This would have been mm-hmm. directly after the Avengers came out. Okay, because you can kind of still because... see Mark Ruffalo hasn't really done anything to his hair since the first Avengers in this. <laughs> yeah, like maybe a, a little so... less coloring. Like he's. Yeah, this is definitely before uh, his cameo in Iron Man three because he like has a shaved head in that. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, so the the reason. The reason why I bring all this up is because of the controversy that is with Mark Ruffalo's character and her character in the second Avengers one. I almost feel like, oh, Mark Ruffalo felt that dirty from making that movie that he had to make something like this. But that doesn't work with the timing. Yeah. So No, you know. and I, I think yeah. had it been her in this movie, one, I wouldn't have been nearly as invested in it because I think Kira Knightley's performance is fantastic. Um, she does a really good job of uh, selling her character and like their their chemistry is phenomenal. Uh, they mm-hmm. they worked together weeks before they started filming just to build up that chemistry and that rapport with each other. And it really shows. Um, and Mark Ruffalo is in there improvising a lot and like just her reaction to to a lot of the things that like I think the best moment was when they're at CeeLo Green's house and and like he's like it's okay she's uptight she's british and like she just starts laughing i like that to yeah. me that that's just a pure moment and i don't think you'd get that with <laughs> with scarlett johansson because she probably wouldn't be playing british if anything she'd probably be pretending to be asian because it's scarlett right. johansson um <laughs> and i think like it wouldn't have done anything to benefit what happens in age of ultron down the line had it been her um and i'm i'm like, I feel like if it's going to be Scarlett Johansson in this, you might as well just make Adam Levine's character, Chris Evans. Um, <laughs> just make it Avengers yeah. again, basically. The Marvel yeah. actors make an indie film. Yeah, Marvel <laughs> yeah I, I'm glad it wasn't her, to be fair. I, yeah. I, I'm almost a little bit sad that she's in Little Shop. I'm going to be honest. I don't know what her what her like vocal skills are, but like... She can sing. She can she sing. has a musical... She had a musical career. I don't know how much of it she does anymore, but... Uh, yeah, if you look her up on iTunes, you can find stuff. I think she has a few Christmas oh, wow. tunes out. You can add to your playlist. Uh, speaking of movie musicals, this film started a trend that is still going on to this day to the point where people are creating internet petitions to stop it from happening again. Do you have any idea what, what I'm talking about? A song that becomes popular from the movie? No, no. I, no. I don't know. Devin, do you have a guess? What did it... Was it... Uh, wait, is it is it James Corden? It's movies? James Corden. James Corden <laughs> musical films. So from this point on, James Corden has pretty much appeared in every single major musical release uh, that Hollywood has put out since 2013. So this is the first one that I, I kind of cons- this is a quasi musical to me because the music does play such a big part of the story. Oh, 
Yeah. Um, Him. Yeah. So <laughs> after Begin Again, this is this is what every musical that James Corden has been in, film wise, Into the Woods, uh, Trolls. I'm counting it. I'm assuming oh. the Emoji Movie is a musical. Um, it's not. Okay. I've seen it. Um, well, Trolls is. He's in Yesterday, which is all is kind of in the same vein oh, as this. Yeah. Plays himself, but he's also in Cats. I feel like there was more. Where, the prom, where he plays himself. C- Cinderella. Yeah. <clears throat> he's in a lot. Yeah, he he's in a lot, and it's um. People are trying to prevent him from being in uh, Wicked, and I'm okay with that. Like, I don't need to see him in Wicked. I don't know that you can stop him at this point. He's like a hurricane. It it depends what he what 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 character he is. Alphaba. <laughs> He'll have to be. Uh, it's the lead. No, <laughs> um, I I just feel like he's gonna leave his late night show. And like, just go and be in every music. I don't know what he has on Hollywood that he's in every musical. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what execs like. Okay, you know what the youth like? James Corden. That will get them to this musical. Um, Oh, he was in. There was one about prom night that he was in. The prom, yeah. Yeah, the prom. Yeah, there's. My favorite take on it is that he made a deal with the devil, where like there are so many like capable singers in Hollywood, but he's the only hireable one. And like that's like that was part of his like deal. I don't know. I think it's a funny well, take. I think the proof that he shouldn't be doing this stuff is when he was on the corner, like scream singing, playing an acoustic guitar. Yeah, I, I also will. The whole like. Like I don't know, cute or whatever. Like it, it wasn't funny. It was just bad. I don't think he, I don't think he's supposed to be good in that. I think. It, his character is meant to be more of like a producer type because he is mm-hmm. gathering all of that gear. And this is like the one thing that I think he's watchable in. So I feel like I liked him in a few things. I feel like I, I, I took a lot longer to pump the brakes on him. I, I didn't even realize it was him. I was excited. <laughs> I was excited for his late night show, but like having been rewatching the Drew Carey show, I'm like, I just miss Craig Ferguson. Um, I am going to be honest, though. If anyone ever pulled that nonsense, like, traffic light musical nonsense on me, I would be so mad. Yeah, that would... Uh... He does that on his late night show where he'll, like... He he and other people will dress up as, like, you know, characters in a musical. And then between stoplight cycles, they'll run out into the, the crosswalk, perform a few songs, and then run back. And, like, they just get, like, so unnecessarily close to people's cars. and uh, I just lean on my horn. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I would do. I just too. ruin it. I would just lean on my horn. I'm not sure how why every take isn't that. I'm not sure how they get clean takes of that. Yeah. I don't know either. Uh the other Okay. Uh so two last things before we wrap this up. Yeah. Were there any songs in particular that stood out to you guys in this movie that you enjoyed from the album or just in the movie in general? Like original songs. Um I have two. Okay. Mm-hmm. Two songs. Um the song in the alley. Uh, reminded me of a song that uh, the band uh, Night Terrors of 1927 did. Okay. Uh, Love the called, name. Uh, called, uh, called Coming Up Roses. And it reminded me a lot of that type of indie type style. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the one on the rooftop. Um, I like 
I really, really liked it when the daughter started playing her guitar because mm-hmm. it reminded me a lot of Dinosaur Jr. and their early work. So it was very, like, distorted guitar noise. Like, you're not entirely sure if they're actually playing guitar correctly at first until, like, the song gets going. And then you're like, oh, okay, no, yeah, it, it, it's better. So those two songs I really liked. Devin, how about you? Yeah. I like the Frank Sinatra song in it. I get to the point with, like, Adam Levine songs where I'm just like, is he singing a different one now? I don't know. I'm, an, I'm a jerk. I don't understand differences in Maroon 5 songs. It's like ACDC songs. Eventually, they just all kind of bleed together for me. I understand that that's not an okay thing to say, but they just do. No, ACDC songs do so bleed each other. Did any, but if you like it, you like it. Yeah, did exactly. Any, did any of her songs stick out to you? They were all fine. I don't know that I would ever listen to the soundtrack, but they were all just fine. Okay. I don't think that I hated any one of them. Ryan, if I said I had this soundtrack on CD for you to borrow and uh, listen to, would you want it? Is it the soundtrack of, like, is it the album that they were trying to sell it, in the movie? It, it's a lot of that. It's <laughs> that. It's Adam Levine. Okay. It's a little That's bit cool. of CeeLo Green stuff. Yeah, I'd borrow it. To, yeah, 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 I'd borrow it. To listen to legally, borrow. completely. For the, yeah, temp- only, yeah. It, temporarily. Just to play it, Tempor- play, to play it in your, on your boombox. That's what you would do with it. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> temporarily over right. a weekend. So one last thing I want to talk about, cause <laughs> as I was watching, I, wa- I watched this film directly before we went live because my weekend was crazy and I, I didn't have time to watch it beforehand. Um, so there was a moment in the film where, uh, they're having the after party for the, the, the release party for the album. Like the album's done. They're having their party and James Corden, Stops the music and gets everyone's attention. Like, okay, we're going to play a game. I'm going to play a song and I challenge you not to dance to it. And like, he goes through the the crowd. It's a really cool moment. And I completely forgot about it from the film. Uh, And like goes through and like, this is really upbeat song. And it goes through and like, you have to, he has to find the one person who starts dancing. So my question to you guys was, what is the one song that you can, you can not, not dance to? You gonna go first, Ryan? I'm not really a dancer person, so I could really do that to any song and not go. But 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 I do have an answer though. Uh-huh. I do have a song that when I hear, I can't help but sing along to it a little bit, or you know, like uh-huh. what you know that type of thing. It, Beastie Boys Intergalactic. Okay. Always has been. That's a good one. Um, it took me a while to think that up because I was gonna go for the cop out and go for like Avicii's levels or anything that he's ever done. Sure. But that's the EDM fan of me speaking, and I wanted not to be, and I didn't want this to be generics. <laughs> Devin, how about you? God, I have the most Devin answer to this. I'm so sorry, guys. I, I can't help it. I spent some time thinking about this because I'm like, what's, like, like I don't, I, I'm not usually a, too much of a dancer, too. Like, I'll get in moods where I'll need to dance to anything or everything. But then I thought about, like, the one song that if I, if I hear it, no matter what I'm doing, where I'm at, I always have to do at least a part of it, of, of the dance to it. Uh, and that is uh, Dragon Sun Dinte uh, from Ozone, otherwise known as the Numa Numa song from the early days of the internet. Uh, yeah, I, I have to. Every time it's on, I do this. By the way, Alan, I sent you a, I sent you a, a present. It's me doing the whole thing. Because oh, I, memorized, I memorized the whole thing. And it's me doing all of it. Oh. I don't know how the audio mixing is on it. I just did it. 
because uh, I'm like, I that was Kristen's answer. Was oh, it? Man. I asked Kristen, and that was her answer. I too. I am going to post that on Instagram for everyone to see tomorrow. I'm not mad. So, I'm not mad at all. Thank you for that present. Um, you're welcome. Actually, let me see if I can get it up here now. Give me a second. Uh, for so me, while you're talking, yeah, th- go for this it. was a tie between this song and then "Every Time We Touch" by Cascada, which is perfection. They changed Google, and I don't like it. Oh, it's uncomfortable. What was your song? So I have a few. Um, oh, good. Uh, September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Mm, that's um, a good one. Uptown Funk was one that my wife had talked about. Um, I'm trying to think what my other ones were. Um, <laughs> Thing from Devon. That's fantastic. <laughs> that's what I called it. It was just Thing from Devon. All right, let me. I didn't want to. I didn't want to ruin the surprise before the before the All show. Right. No, I have um, CCR has looking out my back door, uh, which is not like a dancing song, but like I'll have to like hit something like to the beat of it every time I hear it. I just really like that. Um, and then the other one that's a really just kind of probably a cringy choice now is Party Rock Anthem by LMFAO. But like that was like, another answer that Kristen gave me. Yeah, that's a good one. That is a solid one to dance to. I, I, it is. See, for me right now, it's. Uh, let me look and see what I'm listening to. Um, like I, Cinema Benny Benassi. That's a good one too. What is it? Cinema by by Benny Benassi. I don't know if I know that one. You know, this just happened in my car today because uh, I I put on my recently added playlist from my. Apple Music, because I don't do Spotify. I do Apple Music. I'm that guy. Um, Look at you. But uh, it's from the Muppets Haunted Mansion. It's Dr. Teeth and Electric Mayhem's version of Dancing in the Moonlight. Like That just really got me today in the car. Um, That's really cool. Let me. I love that song. I think I can get this. Oh, no. I, I honestly can't tell you how the audio makes it. We'll find it. out. Like, it could be like. A thousand percent like weird Devin grunt noises and then like zero percent song. I have no idea. All I know is that I recorded it. It said levels were being recorded and I did the thing quick. I'm going to I'm going to try to download okay. it here. That's how we're that's how we're ending the show. <laughs> so while that's down, I'm genuinely not mad about it. Um, I'm not either. Um, let me. OK. Oh, I don't know if it's going to play that. We'll find out. Okay. Um. So any other final thoughts on Begin Again before we wrap this up? No, I thought it was, I think it was a good movie. I really did. It wasn't what I expected the movie to be, if I'm being honest. Oh, I thought of another one. Uh, and I what? ironically bought the soundtrack while I was watching this. Um, it's on again from The Amazing Spider-Man 2. The Alicia Keys song with Kendrick Lamar at the beginning with the Hans Zimmer score mixed in. Yeah. Oh, that, that, that. okay. The Magnificent... Uh, six it was a pretty good group that they put together for that so let me see is this i think it's downloaded let me never heard of begin again it's a it's a fun movie that you can find on netflix in the u.s um sorry mark ruffalo kira knight um it's a fun little music let's see if i can pull this clip in from devon While you're pulling the clip in, I just want to say, while I was doing the dance, that kid, the Numa Numa guy, sorry, this is a really outdated take. We were so unfair to him as a society. That is a fun song. That is a fun dance he's doing. 
Dang it, he was just having fun in front of his computer. Who's, who, who talked bad yeah, about was... it? I thought a lot of people made fun of him for it. Like, I think, like... I just I... thought people thought it was a funny video, and they just were doing it, was... it too. I... I thought it was funny because it was cringe. Like, people were like, oh, look at how, like, into it he is. And, like, oh, I'd never... Like, is that... I feel That's... like when it came out, that was the time when, like, when, like, Daredevil, like, was out, and people were like... Yeah, man, like, being into stuff isn't, like, as cool as not being into stuff. And not being into stuff is the cool thing. And then, like, here's this kid who, like, like, Star Wars kid, who, like, wholeheartedly was just having fun with, like, a mop handle. And, like, like, look at him go. There's, I... Well, and I think the Numa Numa kid actually embraced it, like, in college. Like, I think he redid it with, like, his roommates and stuff. So I think he learned... Yeah. And I I think a lot of that came with uh, the... uh, um. Um, the uh, Weezer music video for Pork and Beans, like they had, like all those U- early YouTube stars come in for that. And I think That's a lot of them true, were able yeah. to, uh, like the worst, yeah. the, the worst of that. I'm going to do the things that I want to do. Like, it it does speak a lot to what the what YouTube was in those days. Um. Mm-hmm. Um. A question to the beard guy. When the Gorgonites were sailing away on that toy ship, did you also feel concerned? <laughs> uh, I'm guessing that's a, that's a comment on my small soldier's toys. Gorgon didn't <laughs> exist, so what would happen to them? You know, I don't know, but I, I like to think that they uh, they um, they found a little island in a lake and made that Gorgon. So, I hope and their batteries so. died six months later. No, no, no. They go forever. Don't do that. Don't do that to me. It's- for forever batteries in the 90s don't go that far they were alive for about four to five months and then they all ran out of power yeah i had a stupid memory do you guys remember those batteries that when you squeeze the ends of them really tight they told you how much juice they had left yep duracell yeah yeah were, were those only duracell i felt like everyone was doing it i think well, duracell did it and then energizer did it why don't they do that anymore because they were pointless and they never worked oh yeah <laughs> okay um, they were never accurate. Because I just saw batteries in there. I'm like, how much juice is left in this thing? And like, try to like squeeze it to find out. That's sad. Buy a battery tester. I could. They're I like four bucks. I won't. Three bucks. I could, but I won't. Are batteries different in the UK? No, they're the same. The outlets okay. are way different, though. Yeah. They look okay. like screaming people. All right. Uh, so before, do we want to wrap up the show and then play the clip? Or do we want to play the cl- yeah. clip that Devin sent me? No, let's wrap up the show and play the clip. Let it play us out. Okay. All right, so I think that does it for this week's show. Thank you for watching. If you're watching us on YouTube, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. If you're here on Twitch, hit that follow button. If you're watching us here on Facebook, hit that like button. Uh, you can also listen to our podcast. Um, you can also listen to our podcast on all major podcasting platforms. Um, this episode will be going out. La- our last episode will not because of audio issues, but that will be that will still live on our YouTube page for the infinite future and on Facebook. So uh, next week will be Ryan's turn to make us watch something. Ryan, what are you going to have us watch? A delightful holiday movie. Perfect thing to get us into uh, December. Okay. Alien three. All right. (laughs) Okay. So, um, and then Devin, do you know what you're going to have us watch the following week? I have, I have a list. We'll have to talk about it. Okay. I don't don't know yet. All right. And then, uh, Later on in the month, we will be reviewing uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. 
and our holiday special special. So I've already got my episode picked out and need to figure out how I'm going to make you get, get you guys to watch this thing, but it's, it's going to happen. So we, we Good. each pick an episode of a TV show that's holiday themed and we talk about it. So we have that coming up the week of Christmas, I believe. So stay tuned for that. Um, and without further ado, let's, uh, let's try to watch Devin's clip here. Oh no. Here oh, we go. No. I, I can't hear it. Why is it not? Oh, I need to turn it up. There's like no sound. Oh no. The dangers of doing things live without testing. Do I at least look like an idiot? Oh, the sound's there. I'm watching it yeah. on mute. And okay, I just realized we can't play this on Twitch. For you have to watch this podcast. I'm Alan. <laughs> I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And we'll see you next week. See you guys. Bye.